Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. All right, we're back. Not a victory Monday. See, on my block podcast, I'm your host, Mike Wall. Thanks for watching. If you're enjoying, please subscribe, rate, and review on our Process to Perform channel on YouTube. Hit me up, Mike Wall68 on Twitter, Process to Perform on Instagram. Of course, the audio version of our podcast can be found anywhere you get your podcast on the Believe Network. And as always, Bet Online is our sponsor. Bet Online, by the way. And I think everybody else got this game just about right. Three and a half point spread. Four point game. I don't know how those Vegas guys do it. I swear to God. The last of the major sports leagues is off and rolling. And college basketball is ready to go as well. Bet online remains your top spot for all your live betting action and contests. NFL, college football, UFC, and National Hockey League are all in full swing. Bet online is your number one source for wagering news, odds, trends, and predictions. All the hoops betting action along with every sport available at your fingertips with both desktop and mobile access at any time. Head to Bet Online today and remember to use our promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-A-A-V, for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, where the game starts. I think everybody who watched the preview show knew that I wasn't feeling too good about this game. Uh, we'll get into it later, but it's it, I'll just paraphrase it. I think Mike Tomlin is in the culture that he's developed, Trump's whatever culture they've developed in Green Bay. You're going to win a couple games there, but over the long haul, you just have to bet on the culture of the Steelers. And going into Pittsburgh is difficult. They play in a tougher division. There's just a lot of things that are going against the Packers, uh, not only the talent they have in the locker room and whatnot and, and how the plays are being, you know, all of that stuff, but there's also just this aura around around Pittsburgh, at least in my mind. But they lose the Steelers 19-23. to 23. Uh, It was a pretty good matchup, to be fair. I I will never understand how this team can completely and I know this is a different you know from a talent standpoint this is a different team but this team averaged I'm talking about the Pittsburgh Steelers averaged like 90 yards on the ground they gained 205 on us yesterday and when you watch it it's not rocket science they're not doing it it's it's what it almost feels like it's what the Green Bay Packers did as far as what they didn't do as far as how they were attacking the line of scrimmage last week versus this week, you know, even on the, I think on, even on the tel- on the uh, television call, they were talking about how much you're moving around. And we've talked about that in a number of times, the defensive lines moving around. Why do you stunt? You stunt because you can't win your one-on-ones and you have guys that are capable of winning on, on that front. And I think they play better going forward. I think a lot of people would argue that Kenny Clark, TJ Slate, and those guys play better going forward instead of going laterally, but you keep putting them in lateral situations they end up getting beat up a little bit. There's some big plays to be made in the game. I thought the Pittsburgh Steelers and, and quite frankly, Matt Canada um, had a better game plan than our defensive, uh, our coordinator did, or de- whatever our defensive game plan was, whoever's responsible for that. We'll show some of that stuff on tape. Two main themes of the day. Steelers ran over the pack 5.7 yards per carry, 205 on the ground. And it's not like one of those deals where, you know, like quite frankly, the, pa- the Packers. The Packers had a 40-yard run. And if you look at the rest of the game, they averaged, you know, right around three yards a carry. It wasn't like they were killing it on the, on the ground game, but it looks like they had 4.8 yards a carry and they were doing really well because uh, AJ's got that great 40-yard run. They felt like they were falling down five yards away from the line of scrimmage every single time. I mean, every rep, it felt like they're getting at least five. And obviously that's not true, but it, when you watch the game, the theme, it's in other words, if you're on that defense and every single time it's second and five or third, whatever it is, you know, five yard gain. It's just that is a bad feeling. It's 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 disheartening. Uh, it's demoralizing, and you got to figure out a way to obviously correct that. But when you watch the tape, it's really difficult, given what they're being asked to do, to correct some of the stuff. Last week they were running a lot of trap gap schemes. Uh, that inside trap they ran at nauseum. 
not really so much this week. You saw a lot of the gap stuff, but you also saw some of the zone. You saw some of the lead zone, picking the plays right out of the Green Bay playbook, really out of the Shanahan kind of Niners playbook. They showed that they could exploit all the stuff that we do from a movement standpoint. They showed it on tape last week that if you move against this team from tight Darnell Washington tight end over, they know how to, they have the footwork for it. They have the awareness, they have the calls and they'll pick it up and exploit you. They did that during to, to the green Bay Packers yesterday. And yet we, you know, we still continue to do it. It's, it's, it's a frustrating deal because it's not like this isn't everyone says, Oh, they're not tough. They're soft. Maybe some of the guys, maybe that's true, but I TJ Slayton, Kenny Clark, uh, Isaiah McDuffie, like those are, t- those are tough to Rudy Ford. Those are tough guys, man. It's not that they don't want to do it. It's that the combination of the situation they're being put in and the tool set they're given to execute are not good enough. That's what's happening. Um, Pickett doesn't throw for a ton of yards. 14 to 23, 119 yards, no touchdowns, no picks. He won the turnover battle with love. He throws the ball, you know, a little, a little over half the times that, that love does, but love has the two costly interceptions. Um, the last one, maybe not costly, it's the last play of the game kind of thing. But we're still missing a lot of opportunities against a defense that, quite frankly, can be exploited in the Pittsburgh Steelers' defense. The offense did do some things well. You know, you you do get 116 yards. You break the 100-yard mark for rushing, which is what you need to do. You're missing the explosive element in the rushing game. And I know that, I know that A.J. had that 40-yard run, but you take the 40-yard run away, and you have no runs over 10 yards the rest of the way. No yard runs after 10 yards. That's the extent of it. One explosive run for the entire day. And the Pittsburgh Steelers, more importantly, and this is what I'm talking about, you know exactly what you're going to get when Cam Hayward lines up against uh, across from you. You know exactly what you're getting, right? Just a just a big old burly bad dude. He's going he's gonna to put you in a hurt locker, right? You know exactly what you're going to get when Highsmith and Watt and their, their linebacker. I mean, when they line up, you know you're getting Pittsburgh Steeler football. And that hasn't always been that way. They were bad a couple of years. They're not great now. But I'm just saying from a physical standpoint, playing in the AFC East, playing on grass, playing in Pittsburgh, being part of that culture, being part of that history, that's what they give you. And, man, and a lot of times during this game, that's exactly what they were giving our offensive line and, and the running backs. I mean, just a lot of car crashes going the wrong way in this game. Jordan Love's 21 for 40, two touchdowns, two picks. He looks absolutely stunning when he's confident like when he gets the pre-snap read when he identifies it quick and he lets it rip man he looks so good ball's confident can throw it on the line phenomenal i got some clips that are just phenomenal there are times where he's making the wrong read pre-snap or i let me rephrase that because here's what we don't know i've sat in coaches like i've been in coach so i've sat in coaches meetings and i've heard a quarterback coach I'm watching on tape. The guy's throwing picks. I'm watching on tape. The guy's throwing to – there's wide open guys. He's throwing to the wrong – you know, and we're all kind of going, whoa. And I'm really comfortable with his decision is the response you'd hear. And I go, nobody else is. The offensive line's not comfortable. The the guy you're not throwing to that's wide open is not comfortable. But there's a progression they're going through in the way that they're teaching it. And so there's a way that the coaches teach it, and then there's a way like Aaron Rodgers sees it, right? And we're – Jordan loves somewhere in there. He's he, he needs to get closer to where Aaron Rodgers sees it. Because there's a there's a number of plays in this game. There's a couple of overthrows, but there's a number of plays in this game where you're just making it too difficult. Take the easy throw. Take the open pass. Right? I think when you when and it's going to take time and that's okay. It just doesn't feel like it's you don't you don't have time right now. You're 3 and 6. But that part of the game still needs to come to him. But when he – listen, when he's got it, man, he looks really good. And the ball's fired out of there. He's got a whip for an arm. Our guys on offense, our receivers, our tight ends, you're beating man coverage. One of the things you had to do, you knew you were going to get man. You knew you were going to rush five and six. You beat man coverage. You had to do it. You, you did it. Okay? The Steelers did what the Steelers do. They give up a ton of yards, not a lot of points. They pretty much on average for the for, for the game. They give up about twenty. They they give up about three hundred and seventy five yards on the ground, uh, uh, total, but they don't give up a lot of points. It's exactly what they did to us. They bend but don't break. One thing that I think needs to come out of this game is, if I'm a coaching staff, if I'm in the locker room, the offense has to continue to try to mirror the individual skill sets of the players. 
And what I mean by that is if you have if you have Reed on your team and you have Watson running a chair route in the end zone when there's not a lot of space, he's he's a long strider. He's not a cutter. He's not a route perfectionist. Dobbs is comparatively. You don't have him running the chair route that gets picked off. Patrick Peterson bats his hand in. Peterson never jump. Doesn't ever need to jump on it. Why? It's it's not a good route. He never looks back. And if you're just running a chair without even looking back in that situation, is he the guy to run it? Because that's a small space to be running a big route in. So it's like you got to make sure the guys that are running this running those routes and 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 the guys that are. It's like AJ. We talk about AJ and Aaron Aaron Jones. What are they good at? Well, Aaron could run anything. I think. AJ, you got to find a, is a little more specific on what things are going to really look good with him. Offense has to be the guys that are in. You know, you want guys that can do everything. That's fair enough. But especially at the receiver position, like uh, most offenses have tags on their on their play sheets. So it's like if I'm running play 76, it's you know near far yik splat, you know 76 x y cross whatever it is. They'll tag numbers in there like the x is going to be 87, the y is going to be nine or whatever. That's the ideal scenario. You want those people in certain positions because that speed, route running ability, vision, et cetera. Just it's a good, it's a good route for that kid. Some kids run, you know, certain routes better than others. That's just how it goes. I think the biggest thing to take away about this game is you're still you're only scoring 19 points a game. You know, it's like the defense gave up 23, and you're like, it's not that that's that shouldn't be that big of a deal. But you're not breaking that 20 mark, and it's hard to win when you're not breaking the 20 mark. And when and you're missing some gimmies and, and passing game, run game, assignments, everything. And so it, it, it's just a it's a learning season. You're three and six. It's a learning season. Um, but it's like you think you make progress against it's the NFL is so weird because if you're in the AFC East and you suck, you're still probably pretty good compared to everybody else. If you're in. You know, you can, there's some other divisions, NFC North, where if you're not very good, you might just not be very good. But if you're in the AFC East, you're good. And so the disparity in, in, in good teams now is like you get, you know, 10 good teams and there's like 10 really bad teams that aren't just, they're not, they're only going to fight against each other. They can't beat top tier teams, you know, five out of 10 times, you know, four out of 10, three out of 10 times. They're going to lose eight or nine times out of 10 if they play a top tier team. And I think that's unfortunately, that might be where, you know, this team is right now moving forward. But let's watch some tape. And the first thing that stands out like, listen, 5.7 yards per carry. Okay. And this is a great job of, of window dressing here. And I'm, we're kind of previewing this because they both teams ran and did a lot out of bunch, started in bunch, went into bunch. When you run bunch formation, he comes across the line of scrimmage here. And one thing that that stood out early in the tape, uh, and it's because Andy Herman and I talked about it on his show, but we could have picked up Darnell Washington. We picked up Tucker Craft. And my my head hurts so bad from saying that out loud because this guy's an absolute weapon, an absolute weapon in the run game. Off-ball guy. I mean, for years to come, he's going to be. He's the next Mercedes Lewis, except he's bigger. You know, I, I don't know if I, I shouldn't. That's not fair to Mercedes because Mercedes was – just amazing in his professionalism and technical mastery. I'm just saying from a body standpoint, and it's like physically able to dominate defensive ends in, in the run and pass game. I'm, this guy's he he has the potential to be really special. So we we motion across, and it just turns into an influence block. In other words, Isaiah McDuffie is going to look at that guy coming across and go, "Oh, he must be leading on me." And so it shifts the linebackers over, but they're running out the weak side. So they have a weak side run. This is how you start off the game. And again, it's not a big run, but you got six yards. And it's really tough when you that, that just starts happening on a continual basis. Now, this is, you know, Lucas Van Ness is the 13th pick in the draft. And everyone says, oh, he's going to be this, he's going to be that. I think that's great. And I hope he is. But right now, this kind of play is what, if you want to be something in this league, this kind of play can't work if you're running weeks out on you. You're in a stand-up two-point, which I don't understand. First of all, I've, I've talked about this ad nauseum. With, I don't understand why you draft. He, was, he plays better at a three. It's just he's a leverage player. He plays better at a three. Put him in two-point. Look at his, how tall he is. It doesn't make any sense. But having said that, this is a weak side gap play. So they're going to lead two through the hole, but the tackle has to block out. 
This is a very, very difficult play. In fact, they, we used to not run this play. We'd run stutter. We'd talk, you, you block the tackle down and that Marco come over and kick out the guy on the weak side because this is a very difficult block for a tackle to execute with two guys going through and then the running back. And they do it without a problem. Now, if you're Lucas Van Ness, like you got to be able to close this hole down. Okay. Because now you've got the tackle pull and they got um, Broderick Jones pulling around and just going to lay into Isaiah McDuffie. There's no chance. And look, so look at the size of this hole. You know, it's just so easy for these guys. They're not having to do anything special. These are basic runs that they're just executing at a high level. You have to win at the double team. But if you got a single block in the edge versus a tackle, like a tackle's not a good run. That guy guy's a good, he's not a good run blocker. You've got to be able to collapse that hole and have something to uh, have something to say about you know running a, a weak side gap to your side. You go motion across, and we're doing a lot of movement. And so when you do movement, you know, you're moving laterally, you tend to get beat. If you, this again, the only reason I bring this up is I'm not harping on it, but if they've shown on tape that they can deal with lateral movement, really, like if you watch the end zone copy of these guys, talking about, uh, Seo Malo, uh, Broderick Jones, they, like you watch their footwork, their, their footwork's legit. Like they put themselves on tracks. They're not going to get beat with guys, you know, slipping to one side or the other. They're going to exploit you if you do that. They show it. It's on the tape. So if you're doing it here, like what they're not very good at is they're not very good on taking the guy charging you because they get beaten in the backfield. But it's frustrating. And what happened to shooting the gap? Last week, I'm over here talking about Isaiah McDuffie, how he's shooting the gap. He's trying. He's even getting Devonder Campbell to shoot the gap. I mean, it was exciting, man. And now you got these two double teams. This is just a double-double look. You're running inside zone, two on two, and these guys are sitting back here. You know, I don't know where I just don't know where we're going. It couldn't be easier to walk in. And it's all about are we are we moving these guys or are we are we attacking? We were doing such a good job for a while, especially like Kenny was doing such a good job. If they were going to double team a guard and tackle, Kenny would attack the guard or attack the tackle, make it a single block. Okay. And then what happens there is you win at the line of scrimmage. Here, they're getting two guys on, two-man movement. And they're getting up to the linebackers. Like it, it just doesn't work. You're you're doing exactly what's drawn. You always talk about it works on paper. You're doing exactly what's drawn up on paper here for the Pittsburgh Steelers offensive playbook. You look at this, and this kid's a weapon. And here, this this isn't like a masterful block, but imagine this is this is our. I think I can't. I think this is Rashawn. Imagine what this is. Uh, if like I don't know. You name, I'm not going to just bash on Musgrave or Kraft, but really any young rookie tight end, Rashawn Gary sees him standing in front. I mean, he's going to light that dude up. He does nothing here. He does not. Is that, that might be Anik Barr, but he does nothing against Washington. I mean, it seems like a little thing, but against our guys, like what's the number one expectation for even our Lucas Van Ness is like, you better blow up the tight end every time he's in front of you. Like that's the job. You better be really good at it. And that that kid, you can't do it because he's like 285 pounds. What a unit. Got to beat man coverage. So we start inside. Now, he's got a little bit of outside leverage on on, um, on Watson. Goes to He goes back to inside leverage. And Watson started just outside top of the numbers. So he's got all this space. Great catch. Great pitching catch. That was the theme. What did you have to do? Beat man coverage. We did a really good job of that. Now, Cam Hayward, he's been in the league. He's one of my favorite players. Why? Because he's like Richard Seymour almost. You don't do, like your stats aren't great, but you're just, you're like an immovable object. And everyone's going to point to here, John Runyon Jr. getting lit up by the linebacker. It's, it's fair enough. It's a big time hit. But you got to know, understand the sport, okay? Look what happens. Rasheed Walker on your backside. You know, whiff. Cam Hayward takes uh, Musgrave, throws him to the wrong side. And if I back it up, stand-up linebacker Highsmith, what does he do? Screws this whole thing up, right? So you're I'm not making an excuse for John Rennie Jr., but John Rennie Jr. is running straight this way, and this other dude's coming and just going to light him up, and he can't even turn before he just gets smoked. And the reason is because you're running to a double team with Rashid Walker and and um, 
and Luke Musgrave, and they not only don't move Cam Hayward off the line of scrimmage, they both either fall down or fall over. So it's like that turns pretty tight, and all of a sudden, what you think is going to be a decent play, like John's got to log this. There's a lot of things that John Ren should have done better, but I'm just telling you from experience, it makes it really difficult when you have to make a hard right turn and the dude's coming straight downhill, right? We have to do better at the point of attack if you want to do better with the puller. Anyways, kind of an embarrassing moment, bad play. Love the confidence here. So reads the coverage. Knows they turn out and end up playing match. Sees it, whips it in there. Good tight window throw before the safety comes down. Puts it low. It's a great job. I've been a Josh Myers fan. I think to some extent I've been a Josh Myers defender. Not a defender. I try to be as objective as possible here, but I think there's some 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 traits that he has that are positive. I just don't know what happened this season. But this dude's running out of rope, man. Because this guy that he's playing against is a, uh, a 2023 fifth-round draft pick, and he just gets absolutely worked. One-on-one. That's not a it's not a good move. He's got plenty of time. There's there's no reason that you should be missing and getting your quarterback hit around the legs down here on the goal line. It's one thing if you're playing against, you know, TJ Watt. It's another thing if you're playing against a guy who probably doesn't have that many sacks in college, much less the NFL. Now, same play. This is the quarterback's view. A lot of people are, you know, what we do, what I, I hate is when I see a snapshot on Twitter or something and somebody, oh, this hole's wide open. Why didn't he see this? You're going through a progression, okay? But what's your pre-snap here? You know they're in, by now you know they're in man coverage, okay? You got single safety. And right here, you're running the, the shallow cross underneath. You did an orbit motion out to the right with Aaron Jones to take away the defender in, this, in the right circle, okay? But he hasn't really gone. He's kind of playing halfway, right? Because he knows there's a crosser coming, and he thinks he can get to the ball if you throw it to, to Jones right now on the sideline. There's nothing. You're running a corner route with a tight end over on the left side of the screen. Jordan Love should be throwing the ball to the left. You see the space. It's congested over on the right. You got a guy sitting. And you usually throw the underneath crosser because you think you think you're gonna have that natural rub. But you gotta just kind of read the read the room here, know where the know where the problems are. The back of the defensive back on the right isn't turned. So he could sit and come up and make this play, even if he connects the ball. Wide open on the other side. And then he's got to pump around John Runyon Jr. So he changes his, his throwing angle and whatnot. This ends up not working out. Could have been a pick. Okay. I've never seen so much bunch from the Green Bay Packers in one game. This, it was kind of awesome to watch. And they just attacked it a bunch of different ways. The Steelers show, showed on tape. They're not really good with bunch, right? They, play like, they like to play man. When they play their zone, they'll play a little bit soft. So when you play soft zone... Anywhere on the field, if you give somebody a running start, like natural advantage. So we see what happens here. They run the bunch. He's got he's got outside leverage. I'm talking about Dobbs now in the corner, and you just see the safety squatting. It's like, what are you squatting for? I don't know if they're trying to bracket this, and he just screws up as he's reading the quarterback's eyes. But safety falls asleep. Dobbs has the corner. Great throw, great catch. Good way to start the start the game for sure. Last week we talked about Kenny Pickett's going to have to run a lot of these keepers. They didn't do a good job against the Titans necessarily, so they had to switch it up. We're talking about entry points, how they release off the backside, but you're just trying to make throws easy for the quarterback. Okay, so what do they do? They run that. Uh, they run eleven across the uh, line of scrimmage again, across the center, and they inside him release him outside of Washington. Now they have Washington block and then release immediately. Just get the ball. Easy throws. Makes sense. Here's what I love. Our guy comes over and tries to give him one. If we would have drafted this guy, I'm pretty sure these two would have been best friends, man. That's two tough guys right there. Love it. Here's the problem with slanting. I'm not pointing at uh, Preston Smith. I'm pointing at the rest of the, the two defensive tackles. When you slant over and you get caught, they don't even have to block Devontae Wyatt. Okay. 
And obviously you're running into pressure here if you're the Pittsburgh Steelers. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. But everything goes outside. The discipline of the defensive end on the top, he's not crossing face. He's still going outside. So you have a safety and the outside linebacker are playing outside the C-gap. Easy hole. And again, every play, it's like five yards plus, five yards plus, five yards plus. Demoralizing. And you feel like, I'm just telling you from like football players' perspective, it's like, man, every time we slant, they do this. Every time this, then this. Every time they double, you know, I'm not attacking this man and the linebackers get nade up or they feel like they're always making the wrong read. Right? It's demoralizing, man. It has, it has, it does end up affecting the style of which you play. There's no doubt about it. Or it can, I should say it can, but it's, it's difficult. Now I'll run this through once. I think they just screwed this up. This is a big play. It's a third and one. Okay. Big play. Now here's the other thing. You got Washington on your defensive end. He can block him one-on-one. So now they mugged up a safety on the defensive end. So now you got a tackle on the safety. That couldn't be a bigger a, a bigger red flag. And I'm not saying, like, you shouldn't do it, okay? I'm just saying you sure as hell better make sure that you got somebody in the B-gap. Because right now your tackle is going to walk that safety as far as he wants to go. So I think they run a crosswalk, but they screw this up. And you see the result. I, I have the replay on the end zone here. This is palms up, though. I, it really is. It's, it's up. What are we doing? Nobody filled the B-gap. There must have been some miscommunication between the linebackers. I'm not sure exactly what happened. It looks like they're running the, the dog to the wrong side and get caught. But third and one, and you go for 15 or whatever, 12 that is. It's nice. Window dressing. So last time they were in this look, they went from bunch. They motioned over. They inserted inside the tight end. Right, and they ran weak side. What do they do this time? Well, they just run a lead gap. So now they go back to their gap seam. They 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 pull the left guard. Comes up, really takes between the between the receiver and the left guard. They take McDuffie, and then and then they end up taking a safety val or the corner. Sixteen yard touchdown run, and it's it's a good job window dressing by Matt Canada and that offensive uh, you know play step. I, I love when you have very few formations or fewer formations. And this is a, you know, this is kind of a philosophical thing, right? Fewer formations, but you can do so much out of what looks like the exact same thing at the snap. And what we do a lot is we try to have a ton of different formations and personnel groupings. And I see the value in that for sure. You see the value in all the motion. Like you see the value. But there's also something to be said about reducing the volume that your, your young team has to figure out and then just creating all these different opportunities at the snap of the football so that they can kind of execute at a really high level without having to think about all the different formations, motions, et cetera, et cetera, personnel groupings. It's another Preston Smith appreciation post. By the way, we're going sequentially here, as you can imagine, during the game because I only had the uh, the copy that, that I wanted to get. I can't get in for another day or really until today. But love it. Not a great pass rush or anything, just a relentless, you know, this guy just play hard. He he shows up and he plays hard every single week. Now, the Green Bay Packers did some things well on offense. The push that they get on this, this double team, on both these double teams, is exactly what you're looking for. Look, that is an absolute mauling, okay? Zach Tom gets up on the backside linebacker. This is an absolute mauling by the offensive line. This is a phenomenal job. Can't say enough good things about how easy it is for Aaron Jones, AG, whoever it might be, to be to to run the football when you get this kind of movement. You block the defensive tackle into the linebackers. Absolutely phenomenal job. Those are the plays you need to get more than nine yards, quite frankly. You got to figure out a way to if you're Aaron, you got to figure out a way to to run through that tackle or, or or give yourself an opportunity. I put this in there. It's the 40 yard gain. Here's why I put it in. Look at this. 
Look at that high step. Unbelievable. Straight leg. He must do yoga. Three sets from the bus stop, right? That's what my old coach used to tell me. You miss a set, you know, it's like, okay, you screwed up, gave up a sack. You miss another one. Uh, third one, man, you're at the bus stop, okay? Josh Myers. Everyone's talking about, oh, T.J. Watt, he beat Tom. He's so relentless. You know, you're kissing his butt on the uh, on the video, on the TV. He didn't win. He ran around the loop. Jack Tom pushed him by. But because Myers gets beat, He's got to step up and escape, and Watts gets another sack, and everyone's looking at Zach Tom like, oh, what'd you do wrong? Nothing, man. I'm battling one of the best players in the league, and I got, you know, my center got beat by a fifth-round pick. That's what happens. Touchdown play here. Love this formation. So they went trips right, and then they moved Aaron Jones out to be the chip block. So they really got four to the right, and then they they just have Musgrave over on the left. He's probably going to chip out as well. And he's going to focus on the safety, so they're, they're going to run – the deep over with 11 here, and you're just highlighting the safety. If he's going to stand, ball's gone, okay? That's your that's your point. There's nobody should get – I don't know why he sits on this. I, I Maybe he's thinking they're going to run like a, a, a more shallow route, but he sits on this. Receiver takes it high. Great throw and catch. Absolutely phenomenal. Like Jordan Love, when he makes the right read – Steps into it. Man, he throws a great ball. These are the ones. So this is third and four. Third and four. It's right before the half. You're on the 48. And right here, he catches that ball. He turns the corner. Maybe he gets the first down. Maybe he doesn't. But it's at least worst case scenario. It's fourth and one. Two and a half minutes left. You're going to go for it. And instead of punting, now maybe you get some points. And it's like these passes, these for whatever reason, these flat passes, the arrow routes, all it's very it, he, we've a low, low percentage throw for him comparatively. Nixon starts the second half, second week in a row, almost breaks one open. Man, he's just electric. Again, just one of the glue guys on this team right now. Phenomenal. Okay, everyone again, oh, Watt's so relentless. And he is, man. He's everything as advertised. Cam Hayward is double teamed by Rasheed Walker and Elgin Jenkins. Look at Elgin Jenkins right now. He's straight up and down. Why? Because Cam Hayward has put his hat and helmet into his chest. And if you watch this thing from the end zone, Cam Hayward's feet never move back an inch. So you, they're try this is the exact same play that we ran before we get, where running got lit up. You're trying... To they have a different defense. You're trying to run off of the double, and the double doesn't go anywhere. It's this is impossible to be successful. Aaron Jones has to navigate so much now. I mean, he's got daddy strength, man. You know, dad strength when you have your first kid, like you get a little bit stronger, not like weight room stronger, but like I can handle myself stronger. You have like a second kid, you get like, man, I can throw people around stronger. Cam must have like seven kids. Because look at that. Look what he's, he's literally, when you say split the double team, look at what he's done. And it's just a, it's a, it really is nothing more than he's really good. But technically, like going into contact, you're so high, you don't have a chance. So these are the plays I'm talking about. You come back to the line of scrimmage and you're like, man, I'll get it next time. But they already got you last time. You know, it's like, how many times are you going to run the same play? It's like, man, you get better to learn how to double team. We got a real problem. Fourth and sixth. This is scheme on scheme crime. I love this. Okay. So the Steelers show that they're just going to, they're going to, they're going to bring seven. And then they end up coming off the edge and they drop the linebacker out to Jones, but there's no way he's getting there. So the safety 24 up top, Joey Porter Jr., he sees it. He just sees it late. And Corners, like, if this is Diggs, he's probably jumping this route for a pick six. Okay, but Porter's a little bit young. So they're going to run the go on the top, hoping that they clear out that, that area, that corner leaves. He vacates. And now you have that linebacker chasing Jones all the way out there for, you know, an impossible tackle. Great throw and catch. A little bit lucky with Porter's recognition there. You know, I think if the Steelers have to do that again, they're probably flying that safety over there, letting him play flat. 
Love this play too. So they motioned him in. I didn't put that in there. I should have. They motioned Aaron Jones in. The linebacker comes in so they know it's man, but they have a rule in man coverage at a linebacker position. If the running back, so the running back's on the quarterback's right on the right of the center. If the running back exits to the left of the center, you switch rules, okay? So if they're going to green dog or anything right now, if they were going to run some kind of pressure, they both show like they're running pressure, but now Aaron Jones leaves to the left of the center. What happens? Oh, I got him now. And so now they running at a deficit, great throw and catch. Honestly, 50 makes a hell of a play here. This is a touchdown. That's a hell of a play by that guy. But you just see smart play here. Transitions over the other side of the center. Linebackers have to communicate that. They're late. Packers get one. We lead in. Really good job. The wrong shoulder by Highsmith here. And this isn't like a powerful block by Musgrave or anything, but he does a great job of doing exactly what you're supposed to do. You log when they wrong shoulder. You log this. Now, AJ's got to come around really tight. Good job there. He's got to come around way tighter than he does and make this block. And again, this is a play where you're not going to get any yards, but if you look at, if you close your eyes and go, had we just done this better, if we had just executed this block right here at a little bit higher level, you've got a big play. There's a big alley there. It's probably an eight to you know plus yard gain. And so it's all these little things that you keep going, yeah, we had it. And the, you know, the coaches are everyone's bitching about the play con. Is like, yeah, yeah, but it's not the play con, it's how you're executing the play. Pre-snap recognition, they go motion. What happens? They bounce out Joey Porter Jr. out to, to Watson. What does that mean? The safety is off the screen, right? So Dobbs has like all the time in the world to run. Now they're gonna run Watson off. And so that means that that pocket underneath is going to be wide open. Why? Because we know that that safety has been squatting all day, but he has to respect somebody who's got a 15-yard head, head of steam before he comes out of there. And then I love this. Just roll for a couple more. Why not? Love it. We go back to bunch. Now, listen, this is an interesting, it's an interesting route or defense. So they end up playing really – they end up playing cover two. And they do it by – Inverting, bringing the corner. We got this safety just playing hook curl here. And so they're playing Tampa two. And because that guy squats on the hook curl, lets Musgrave run right by, they're in bunch. So the, the linebacker's going like, okay, which one do I pick up? Because he's got deep middle. So the linebacker's just nowhere to be found. Wide open, great throw and catch. Again, great job recognizing, throws a great ball. Love does a lot of things really well. Just need to work up on some of the short throws and some of the processing. You got bunch again. Route motion. Now, this is what I was talking about earlier. Leverage. Leverage is a big deal. So on Musgrave, you see the linebacker in the red arrow. He's got his chest pointed to where Musgrave wants to go. And he's ahead of him. He has leverage. In other words, there's a better than average chance that he's going to get there right around the same time Musgrave is, if, is not, if not sooner. If you look at the whip route up at the top, the corner is facing their sideline. So when you run this whip, the corner has to turn around too. Now, now we have leverage because he's accelerating out because a whip route looks like he's going out and he's going to come back in. So he's breaking out. Quarterback's going to accelerate. Whips back around. Again, this is kind of an, I don't know how they're teaching it. I'm just telling you how I've been taught it. I'm just telling you how it makes sense to me, at least. So you see the whip. That's the reason they use Watson to clear out. Look at all the space between the, uh, the top, you know, the 10 and the top, of, uh, the top of the hash on the top of the screen. There's just a ton of space there. Why? Well, it's by design. And so why are you throwing in the congested area? I I'm not sure. The linebackers both chased out of the backfield and then one figured out he wasn't supposed to. That's why he's sitting here to pop the ball out. You got Bunch again. Look, third and 11. It's towards the, you know, it's fourth quarter. I You get it, right? Like, I get it. This is a trick play. And I hate these damn trick plays. But the truth is, if he does catch this, he's got really one guy to beat. It depends what, what Myers does off of, uh, I don't know who's, the first blocker out there, but off of John Ren Jr. If Myers, 
you know, actually everyone says, oh, he's not open. Yeah, he is. He just dropped the ball. So they, they changed their route. Like the blockers are thinking he's, they're, they're trying to go down the numbers and then he's going to go outside the numbers. But hey, not good. So they show the same look. Excuse and you see here, let's see if I've got it. Okay, you see Preston Smith. They show this tight, we call this like a nasty uh, split with the wide receiver. And you see Preston changes his stance. He puts his back foot up. Why? He thinks he's going to get cracked. So it's an influence block. So what do they do? They hand it off. He steps out. Linebacker comes down. Easy double team. They got two guys up on our linebacker. Huge run. Not a not rocket science play, but a little detail. They figure it out. This is how you attack the screen game. We had one earlier I didn't put in. Breaking down in front of linemen and whatnot. You're just going, dude, don't break down in front of a lineman. They're bigger than you are. Just shoot the gap, take your shot, right? Shoot or shoot. This is how you do it. I think this is Ford. Just run right by him and take your shot. Physical play, love it. Great job. Great job. Right here. Coming across. For another lead, this is the 49ers play. They toss it, but what they're really doing is trying to get you to widen. They bring the motion man over, and they want him to double inside in the B-gap. They're going to try to double the defensive end outside to the safety. It's a The Niners started using it with Trent Williams, so you can come off the ball as hard as you want. And it's a nasty play because they see the toss and influences. It gets that defensive end to widen. You widen him even more with the lead blocker, who they don't really see. And now you just have to – the left guard in the center – have to take care of that down D tackle. I think it's a two eye in the situation, get up to the second level, and this is out the gate. They do a great job of just burying Slayton. I don't know what happened to him here, but he just got turned around. He's facing the wrong direction on the ground now. They cut this up, and there's just, I mean, this is all gas right here. Easy 10 yard gain. Same play now, influence block look, okay? Same stance, same everything. We win on the backside, just can't quite make the tackle. Looks like we have something here. And he just breaks out again. Really because our defensive line is playing laterally. We get blown off the ball. And every yard that you get pushed vertically is like three yards for the running back. It's kind of how we think about it. If you get ver If you get pushed vertically one yard, Think about that as being like three yards for the running back. So winning against man coverage, talk about it before. You look at Musgrave, you see the leverage. He's got linebacker. It's man coverage again. And all the space, he's, all he's got to do is beat the safety who's in the middle of the field. These are the kind of looks that the Steelers give. They've gotten beaten man coverage a lot. And this is, this is part of the game plan. This is what you got to do. It's fantastic. Easy pitch and catch. Hold on to the ball. This is what I was talking about. Is he the best man for the job? You've got Dobbs. you got Reed. you got these like small space, like fast twitch guys. you got a strider here. And you watch this route. He's on Patrick Peterson, who jumps the out. Okay? But because, because Watson never looks, doesn't go flat, doesn't do anything, he knows immediately, like, that's not an out. This is a chair route. It's a chair out in small space. you got to sell this play. Gets his hand up. You get a pick in the end zone. You lose points. It's a huge turnaround. And it's like, it's a bad throw, fair enough. But there's no separation. Why? It's not a good route. Like, that's not a good route. And, and quite frankly, and this, it doesn't make him a, a, look, to say that this isn't, he might not be the right guy for the job doesn't mean that he can't be our number one. It, it doesn't mean any of that. It means that right now, he might not be the guy to run that route because if you're a long strider and you're asking me to run a chair out in a 15-yard area, that doesn't make a ton of sense. Big man hunting. Here we go. Where's the big man? There he is. 50. I see you. Hey, just get a little bit. Hey, we're going to count that as a half tackle, right? Tom's got a half tackle on the, on the season. Love it. This is frustrating. It's third and six, okay? We go three to one side on the pass rush. They're going to run a TT. Why it doesn't come around? But here's what is the unfortunate thing. 
Rashawn Gary is going against a rookie Broderick Jones, okay? Rashawn Gary should never, ever, 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 ever be higher than the quarterback. He needs right now, take your right arm and club Broderick Jones into picket because once you're shoulder to chest, I'm completely vulnerable. If you club me right now, if you Reggie White club me, everyone's seen that. If he clubs right now, that dude's going flying and there's nothing he can do about it. Only thing he can do is hold. But he doesn't have that move in his repertory. He likes to run. He, sometimes he runs over the top maybe too much because they're trying to get the sack with the strip. Dude, just take the guy out. Preston Smith, on the other hand, I'm going to back it up because I, I love the way he rushes this. You get up to your spot. And if you guy dude's going to open up right here, because what happens? He knows if you force Pickett out to your left, his left, he's not a great runner, okay? And they haven't spied anybody. They're playing man. He almost gets there. He gets kind of picked up. I'm talking about Preston now. But the big problem is, and look at this one more time. This is a big deal. Like, these are little deal details, but it's a big deal. Wyatt is on the 25-yard line. He needs to continue to the B-gap but he doesn't. He stops, goes back, gives up the lane. Little thing, little detail, man. Big play in the game. Why is that a big play? Because they don't score. Because there's 228 left in the game, and that gives them a fresh set of downs. So now you get the ball back in a situation that you don't really want. Here's a great throw. He just throws to space here. This is a good job of love throwing to space, not throwing to a man. Big play. Highsmith decides now's the time to pull up my best move. Yeah, trips left. Look at this. Absolute phenomenal spin. Why does it work? Because Rashid Walker, instead of staying square, has turned. Once you turn, if he spins inside, your foot has to literally rotate over all the way like this to catch back up. Can't do it in time. He's too, too good an athlete. Let us let. Shoulder get to the chest. He's not away from his body. It's hard. It's a hard job. Left foot, left hand throw. Really good job by him getting rid of the ball. And then we end up, last play of the game, we end up getting a first down. You know, Aaron Jones didn't get the ball. Blah, 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 blah. Matt, Matt LaFleur called him out, which I thought was a little bit interesting. But there's never really no run. Like, if anybody out there is like, oh, they should have done this. He, he, he telegraphed it to Musgrave. It's like, dude, what are you going to run right here? The flying V? Look how many guys they got on the, uh, the, the line of uh, or the end zone. I mean, you got no chance here. That's just one of those plays, right? Now, you would like to see maybe you give it to, give it to Dylan, put five guys in front of him, see what happens, run a screen there. I don't know. Do something, but it's tough. That's a tough way to lose. That's one of those games you think you probably should win. What I got wrong. A couple things here. We thought about the pack. We talked about the Packers wide receivers as far as matchups go. Packers wide receivers was managed coverage. Mika Fitzpatrick's not there, not playing center field. So you know you're gonna have these opportunities. Um, I think the team should come away from this feeling really good about their ability to separate from their man coverage for the most part. I'm sure they missed opportunities for sure. They're not gonna lose, but the Steelers are gonna lose every time, right? But you gave yourself opportunities to be successful in the passing game for sure. Gotta connect on the longer longer plays more often. Um that's a multiple level. Like that's not just the receiver. That's not just the quarterback. It's a combination of a different, a couple of different things. Number two, one of the matchups that I don't know that I got wrong about it. We just talked that it was important. The Steelers gap scheme versus the Packers front. Um, they ran a gap in a ton of zone and lead zone. And they just, the thing that you watched last week, again, you go, why are we not shooting the gap? Like, why are we not being downhill aggressive? We're laterally, that's catching. You go laterally, you catch. I just, I don't, I don't get that. I just, I, it's not, it's not for me. But we got hammered, 205 yards on the ground, 5.7 yards per carry. And it was, you could, I could show plays all day where it's like five yards, six yards, four yards, eight yards, 12 yards. It's just, it's all you can eat for those guys. Ran all over us. And again, I don't think it is a personnel problem. This is, I've thought that in the past. Today was not a personnel problem because if you watch the tape, they can. If you move laterally, they'll beat you. They, they, sh it's on the film. They got a tight end that can block your defensive end. It's on the film. Got to be smart.
Jordan Love versus Kenny Pickett. Best, best stat's going to win. Jordan's got the numbers. Kenny gets about half the reps, a little over half the reps from a passing standpoint. Turnover margin was huge. Ran a super clean operation for most of the day. Both guys only got sacked once. You lost the turnover battle. They're relying on the on the run game, clean operation. So, you know, you call it what it is. Two turnovers is a bad deal. I know the last one at the end of the game, let's not even count it. But turnover in the end zone kind of feels like a game changer for, for this one. And it, we showed it. I don't, I'm not going to put that all on him. Keys to victory. Did we do these things? Did we stay ahead of the sticks? Well, the Steelers are usually about 50 or 45%, 55% offensive defense time of possession. They won the time of possession by like 30 seconds, but really it's they're running the ball so effectively, they're staying ahead of the sticks. They kind of did what our game plan was, and I'm sure it was their game plan as well. We moved the ball well at times, um, but it's the Steelers' defense. You give up 375, 400 yards you know, total, you give up 20 points. Ben, but don't break. So they let you move it, but we're in the red zone five times. You come away with one touchdown. You're 20% red zone efficient. That is not going to win any games. Number two, do you win the physical battle up front? You got your gap schemes on their side. Some dudes that know how to play. You got some heavy hitters on defense, at, at, at especially the first two levels of football. Okay? You have to establish a dominant mindset early. Defensively, we talked about it. For whatever reason, it felt like they were on their heels all day. I thought you saw guys like Reef. You guys saw some guys trying to make some physical plays, but they were overwhelmed up front. And that's for a number of reasons. I thought the Steelers' offensive line played well. I think bringing in the Georgia kids make a big difference to that team. That's for sure. And offensively, you just look at it realistically. You take away the 40-yard run, and you are averaging like 3.1 yards per carry. And I know, like, Mike, you can't do that. Well, dude, we played the Rams in St. Louis one year, and we had 130 yards on the ground, and 85 of them or something were from one run from Najee. And we got on the bus. We all felt like a bunch of losers because we know we just got our, our asses handed to us. Right? Well, it says you ran. No, we didn't, dude. That's not how it works. So – the consistency matters, right? It's not just, can you get over a hundred yards? It's, you got to, dude, you got to be consistent. And if you're, if you're getting one yard, three yards to, you're keep putting yourself in a position where it's second and eight, you know, third and seven. It's a really, really tough way to play football. The third thing was make Pickett be the hero. Make offensive coordinator, Matt Canada, be the hero. He's been on the hot seat. You know, people are not liking what he's doing. And I don't think th this is what we failed at the most to me. We didn't do this at all. Pickett just became a game manager, which is what they want. Canada and his staff, they did such a good job at attacking the, pa the Packers defense. And they did it from just a number of, uh, a, a smaller number of personnel groupings and looks. We showed it. Motion over, play side, weak side, gap scheme, influence block. Right? Pull the tackle, which we showed last week. Double trap wasn't a big deal this week. Take advantage of their motion. Like, just get really good at what they're going to do. And, play, and so you can you can be, be attacking and aggressive against four. I can't fathom why we were catching all day. I just, it's crazy. And, and so, you know, what are the takeaways here? It's just, just when you think you're starting to get it figured out, I think on the defensive standpoint, you, you give up, you give up 200 plus yards to the, the 24th ranked team in the league rushing standpoint you just go and it's and it's it feels like you're not being as aggressive you're not being as disciplined and you know you can't really put your finger as to why and i think the other takeaway is and for me you know there's always misses in the draft and there's always this and that and it's too early to say that and i'm not going to sit here and tell you like i thought luke i th i thought and i think that like luke musgrave is a is a is a um, long-term, really good tight end and probably a, a prospect-wise just because we knew the passing is probably better than Darnell Washington. But that's basing, you know, if you're going to get rid of Mercedes Lewis, I don't know how we missed on this guy, man. I just, he he just makes a big difference in, in the way you can play football. We got a couple of listener questions. Um, I started with, you know, the Steelers are a lunch pail culture team, you know, hard hat. We're going to be tough guys, What you know, gritty. You know, what are the Packers? And, you know, everyone's, oh, we're soft for this. And that. I don't buy that at all. 
I just, it's like, here's what I, somebody said this and, and I, I do agree with this at some point. I think what we spend, I think the solutions to the problem are not pull the chin strap tighter. I think it's, let's see what we can draw up. Right. I, I, I think it's, let's not necessarily put in more work and get better what we do. Let's draw something up that works. Right. And I think that's been vote. That's been vocalized by the head coach. Um, certainly that's what it appears to be on, on, on the field. But I think you do have, I, I think you do have a team with guys that pride themselves on, on have always been able to overcome the physical and mental strain of playing a very difficult sport. So I don't think it's a soft thing at all, but I do think you're a team searching for, for identity. You, I don't think you know what you want to be on offense yet. I don't think you really understand from week to week what you want to be on defense as, as per this, this example this weekend. And, um, you know, it's, we always knew what we were, you know, we had a hall of fame quarterback, but we had a really, we were really, really good up front. Um, we had, we felt like super confident that we could finish through the whistle People were people were watching us and not worried about the uh, tackling Amon so much, worried about where we were coming from. You know, we just played with a little bit of that. And uh, listen, not the most talented group in the world, but you got to figure. It's like you got to lean into whatever you're really good at and talk about the end. Like I knew I wasn't Orlando Pace, or Walter Jones talented, but I could lean into the fact that I could. I'll finish through the whistle, and I could make you. I could make you worry about me, right? Mike Flanagan wasn't the strongest guy in the world, but he could lean into the fact that he had the best hands in the business, right? So he, there's a lot of things he could kind of uh, manipulate and get away with that that would put other people in really bad situations on defense, right? And he's super intelligent, so he could make every call. We, we knew everything before it was going to happen. Like, you can go look at Tauscher, Javon Walker. You can just go down the line, right? Everybody know like, you got to lean into what you're good at individually, and then that's how you form your culture. You can't be – that cannot be – inhibited though you have to as a team explore express and celebrate what these guys are good at individually and let them lean into that more exploit what you're good at don't try to be kind of average at everything dude if you're special in something be exceptional at something another question how many mental errors are in one game and in these games i would love like i would love to see a play sheet and it's you know they have like an assignment and um and execution grade, it's like plus minus. I would love to see what that looks like, like on a week to week basis. I would, I don't know, I can't even fathom what the numbers are, but I'm sure it varies week to week. I'm sure it's probably pretty volatile. Um, I honestly, I can't even fathom what that would look like. And I'm not saying that this is particularly high. I just sometimes when you watch, you go, ah, close my eyes a little bit. I'm not sure what that looks like. You know, why can't the defense get it together in the run game? Uh, listen, angry people ask, you know, angry kind of direct questions. And I think we already explored it, right? It's it's philosophically, it looks like you almost changed who you were. Um, even if you're going to play ladder, like play a laterally attacking defense, you know, especially you're a nickel a lot this game. And, it, you know, you get two down, de- you know, defensive tackles in the game. You can you can play downhill a little bit more, like give them the opportunity to be successful. Like Kenny, Kenny Clark can, can push people off the line of scrimmage and, and he's not – then it's like he's he's probably being told to do something else. I, I just don't think there's anybody on their line that can just stop him from doing that, you know, 10 times a game. Uh, what's the biggest area of need for Green Bay in the draft? That's a great question. And I would spend – look, I, if it was me and I'm an offensive lineman, I, I would I would look at the Philadelphia Eagles – and and not know what Jordan Love's going to be, but go like he, I know he's going to be our guy for a couple of years. Um, and I think he's got. I think he's showing that he's a talented enough to. You got to maybe need somebody else to work with. I don't know, but I think you got something there, and you got young receiver. I would be spending. I would be spending draft picks and capital on linemen like you would not believe. I would just have. I would just go buy the best offensive and defensive lines I could, and I think they're they're on their way. I think they, you know, you go get up like. The San Francisco 49ers, look at look at their defensive line. I mean, they just picked up Chase Young. I mean, are you kidding me? Javon Hargraves in the offseason? Are you kidding? And they just keep Randy Gregory. They, you can't get enough good guys. And I don't know why we don't do that. And I think part of it is, like, they don't have the culture to do that yet, maybe with this team. Like, that's a team that's an established defensive line badass group that has a culture. No matter who you bring in, they're going to they're gonna, they're gonna wreck. Same thing with the Eagles. They felt very confident bringing in their, their first-round draft pick this year because their first-round draft pick last year. Right, so they feel they have that culture. I don't know if we have that or not, but God, I you hope they get it soon because that's where you invest your money. 
And then this is a short answer for me. Three and six is time to start trying out players. No, these are professionals that have something to play for. You know, these are coaches that are fighting for their jobs. This is not a throwaway season because you are evaluating everybody who's on your roster. If you think they should be trying out to me is giving up, right? These coaches need to prove that they can win with the people who are on the field or at least put them in a position to win. If they can't execute, that's the tryout, right? But we're not doing both of those things equally. So that's what I got. Listen, we'll be back uh, next Thursday, this Thursday, sorry, previewing the Packers next matchup. It was just slipped my mind. Oh, playing the Chargers. Just scored 38 and lost to the uh, Lions. That'll be a good game. Anyhow, guys, check me out on uh, Michael68 on, on Twitter to perform on Instagram. As always, please subscribe and review on the show if you're enjoying it. Click the like button, all that stuff. And uh, we will. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Before Shopify, were you wondering, where are my sales at? Now you're selling with Shopify, the global commerce platform supercharging your selling. You have no problem selling online, in person, on social media, and beyond. Gary, easy on the cha-ching. <clears throat> oh, sorry, but my Shopify sales are through the roof. Start selling with Shopify today and discover how millions of businesses around the world use Shopify to ignite their selling. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash listen. Shopify.com slash listen.